Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and thanks so much for tuning in to our Every Nation New Jersey channel. And listen, I got news for you. God has got a word for you today. God's got a word for you. And so uh, uh, before we jump into the scriptures, uh, I wanted to do something. And point of transparency, I'm not proud of this, but but my, my daughter, my wife and I, we went on this little rabbit trail. Have you ever done any of these BuzzFeed quizzes? Uh, they're ridiculous and addictive. You know, so last night we did one and uh, the, the, the basic premise was this. Hey, if you, you pick 10 of your favorite songs and once you pick them, then BuzzFeed will tell you uh, your mental age. So for the record, my wife and I did it. Apparently, uh, my mental age is that of an 80 year old woman and my wife is a 10 year old little girl. OK, <laughs> so that's my household. Um, there was another one. If you if you pick your food color preference, uh, it'll tell you which Disney princess you're like. And so, of course, uh, you know, I did it. And turns out I'm like Mulan. Who knew? Right. And uh, and then uh, there, there's another one that uh, if you answer just a series of brief questions, it's going to tell you what Bed Bath and Beyond scent you are. And so comes to find out that your pastor is this warm vanilla sugar. So I got that going for me. Uh, for the record, my wife was hot mocha. <laughs> so uh, I thought for our time here, man, we're just getting going. We got a little bit of time. What do you say that we, that we do one right now uh, in real time? So here's this one. Uh, if you tell your favorite cake preference, then BuzzFeed is going to tell you who your celebrity soulmate is. And so here we go here. Come on. Uh, here's select a cake flavor. So chocolate, strawberry, birthday cake, carrot cake. What do you think? Yep, we're going chocolate, okay? So we choose chocolate, uh, and then we move on. Let's see, keep going. Okay, what type of frosting do we want? Do we want cream, cheese, chocolate, vanilla, or mint? Why on earth would you choose mint? Of, of course, we're going cream cheese. We go cream cheese frosting on chocolate. Do we want sprinkles, fruit, chocolate, or nuts on top of it? Well, of course, we want strawberries, okay? And so we're putting strawberries on top of that mug. And then uh, now it says pick a cake style. Do you want it tiered? Do you want it round? Do you want it square? We're going to keep it simple, and we're going to go for a round cake and it comes to find out our celebrity soulmate is Chris Evans none other than Captain America isn't that amazing right and so <laughs> I know that was, I just wasted two minutes of your life but uh, we're gonna do one more quiz and, and here's this will take us into our message um, you just have to answer three questions today and it's gonna let you know are you a disciple of Jesus Christ and here's those three questions do you love God, love people, and live your life on a mission? And here's what I would tell you. If you don't have all three of those present in your life, I would contend you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ. You might be a Christian, but you're not a disciple. And so today we've been in our series, uh, the ABCs of faith, and uh, today we're on the letter D, and yep, it, it's the word disciple. And so I want to talk to you this morning uh, about discipleship. And so the word disciple is not something we use a whole lot in our, in our vocabulary. Do you know what it shows up 261 times in the four gospels and in the book of Acts? So it's really a big deal uh, in the life uh, of the early church. And the, the term disciple, it simply means this, a learner. 
a learner. It's people that are that are learning uh, to live in love like Jesus Christ. They're disciples of Christ, and, and Jesus. He had this wild idea that, man, he, he told humanity in the book of Genesis, in Genesis, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And Jesus had this wild idea that if you'll make disciples, that you'll be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And you know what? I don't think you can argue with him. So, uh, you know, they've, they've done these uh, statistician things, and did you know that so if you make a thousand converts to Christ, in other words, they, they just pray a prayer and they're going to be Christians, right? You, you make a thousand converts uh, uh, a year. Do you know in 15 years, you'll have 15,000 people won to Christ. And for the record, if that's you, uh, please uh, email me because we would like to hire you, okay? But as awesome as that is, do you know that if you'll make one disciple a year, and a disciple is someone who is who comes to Christ, he's growing in Christ, and he's also making uh, disciples, okay? If you'll make one disciple a year, do you know that in 13 years, you'll have won the entire planet, right? I think Jesus knew what he was doing when he's talking about discipleship. So discipleship is God's plan, but it's not all, all only God's plan. It's also the devil's plan uh, to, to wreck the world and to wreck your life. And so whether you know it or not, you are constantly and consistently uh, being discipled. You're either being discipled uh, by the world and the God of this world, or you're being discipled by the Lord and his word. And it, it really is that simple. I don't think you can argue with it. So, for example, like like Hollywood and, and uh, the, the music industry, man, they are continually and constantly discipling you. Like, like Hollywood, and if you pay attention to all the songs we sing uh, on the radio or, you know, or Sirius XM or whatever we're listening to these days, is it's all about this idea, oh, there's this man or this woman that somehow, someway is going to complete me, Jerry Maguire, and it's just a bunch of trash. It's not true, right? Uh, do you know that media and social media, they're discipling you whether you know it or not. And so, like, anyone like me, like, you forget your phone, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a matter of life and death, you're going to die. Like, can I survive the day without having this device in my hand? Is that bizarre? Like, we've been trained, disciples, that we need these things. And, and you know what's so funny? The um, uh, Our smartphones have always almost become like the Garden of Eden. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then we got things like, like Facebook and TikTok and all these different things things that they're determining what's good and what's evil. And if you fall out of line for what they determine is, is good and evil, guess what? You'll be canceled, uh, eliminated, right? And so uh, you're being discipled by social media. Um, that, that you're being discipled by our education system. Parents, I need you to tune in here. Your kids are being discipled uh, by the education system. They just are. And you know what? It's not just being discipled in math, science, and English anymore, is it? Right? And so I want to ask you, man, parents, you got to contend for the hearts of your, your children, for the real estate of their hearts, contend for it. Because, man, the world is going after your kid's heart. Here's another one. Do you know, like, like where you live and where you spend time, and you're being discipled whether you realize it or not. Uh, so, for example, you know, I, I lived in Canada for, for the better part of four years. And, and I, it took probably less than a week till I was like, eh? Eh? 
Eh? Right? Like, like the way I spoke was altered by, by where I lived and where I spent my time. Uh, it, it even, I'll ratchet it up like um, many of you know that I'm the chaplain for the New York Jets. And when I spend too much time at the Jets facility, uh, I start broing everybody. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I'll be praying to the Lord. Bro. Calling my wife, bro. And uh, for the record, uh, they also discipled me and told me, I'm doing it wrong. It's not bro. It's bruh. Okay, so uh, learning curve for me. And so uh, so where you live and where you spend time uh, is going to affect, it's discipling you passively. Uh, and here's another one, like like who you spend your time with is going gonna, is gonna to greatly impact your life, how you live, how you think. It's discipling you. And so uh, I've been married to my wife, Susan, for 34 years. And I want you to know, she has impacted my life. She's discipled me in areas, whether I liked it or not, suddenly I'm a different person. And so uh, before my wife and I uh, were married, I hated sweet potatoes. Man, now, man, I can't wait till we have sweet potatoes, man, with the gooey marshmallows on top. And when you eat that stuff, man, it makes me speak in tongues now, all right? I just love it. And uh, I detested country music. And now I'm not proud of this, but I think I like country music now, okay? Um, uh, I'm, I'm ashamed of this, man, uh, that uh, I really like HGTV, okay? Uh, man, Fixer Upper, come on, JoJo and her, her thing. And uh, and then here's the other thing that, that really I, I just noticed the other day. I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife has changed me. Like, like I come downstairs now, and, and if, the, if the stools aren't pushed underneath the kitchen counter, uh, it's going to bug me. That if the dishes aren't done and put away, it's going to bug me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. How did this happen? I'll tell you how it happened. But by, 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 my life was bound together uh, with my, by my wife, Susan, and she changed me. So who you hang around with is going to influence you. And so I got great news for you. That, that you know that it, it also works by who you spend time with, uh, where you spend time. Uh, they too can impact you for good. Like if you hang out in Jesus places and Jesus people, guess what? You are going to be in, uh, influenced, discipled in the ways of Jesus, and you're going to start becoming like him. And it's not only going to alter what you do, it's going to change you from the inside and change what you want to do. And that's great news. And so... um. Let me give you just our running definition for discipleship. And it was very simple. I've already stated it, that a disciple is someone who loves God, loves people, and lives on mission. And this is really simple. Um, basically, I've just taken the great commandment, love God and love people, and the great commission, right, uh, go to all the world, and smashed them together. And we have our definition, our running definition uh, of uh, what a disciple is. And so come on, let's, let's kind of break this down a little bit deeper. We'll double click on this. So let's look at the great commandment. Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 36, uh, it says this, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so we see love God and love people. So let's look at this, this uh, idea of, of loving God. Do you know, um, loving God is the first and the most important thing. It's like, have you ever like done up your shirt? Man, if you, if you get the first button wrong, man, you're gonna have, your, your shirt's going to be wonky. But you get the first button right, and then they all flow and fall into place. And I would submit to you, man, you get the love of God thing right, and everything else will fall into place. 
the great uh, uh, preacher uh, and reformer Martin Luther, he said this very simple uh, yet powerful statement. He says this, love God and do as you please. In other words, man, if you get the love God thing done, everything else is going to fall into place. So, for example, if you if you passionately love God, evangelism becomes easy, right? Because we talk about things we love. Man, the, oh, I went to this restaurant. It was amazing. I had this food and this movie was amazing. You like, like if you come to me, I'm going to tell you the world's greatest cookie is from Levain Bakery uh, in Manhattan, right? And I'm not hearing anything else about it. And it's delicious. And I tell everybody I know, if, if you say another cookie, I'm going to rebuke you. Why? Because I, I'm evangelizing what something I love. Um, two is this is like, man, when you, when you love God, how about this? sacrifice and obedience to God. It just becomes easier. Like, here's what I've learned. Like, you know, that love will make you do crazy stuff, <laughs> stuff you never dreamed you could do. And so uh, I remember when uh, uh, my, my wife, Susan, and I, we were just dating and uh, she lived in North Bay, Ontario. I lived in Detroit, Michigan. That's eight hours away. I would drive eight hours through the night just to go see my girl. Uh, do you know what else? Um, uh, in season, when I was playing in North Bay, where my my my, uh, my girlfriend Susan resided, um, and I'm, I'm not proud of this, but uh, um, I would break curfew, sneak out of the house I was living in uh, just to go see my girl. So get this: I'm risking getting kicked off the team, no NHL career. Oh, and by by the way, uh, I broke the window when I was sneaking out of it at night, and, and uh, the people I was living with, they said, hmm, Adam, do you know how this crack in the window happened? And I gave the, the standard, hmm, I don't know how that happened, right? <laughs> don't judge me, all right? Uh, I've since repented and admitted it, but... And so, uh, uh, so it's this idea that, man, if, if you love God, then hard things like love your enemies, uh, man, keep my commands, they, they suddenly, in light of the love uh, for God, man, they become easier and easier to do. And so um, uh, here's what I, I've learned as well. You know, that, that love, it must be cultivated Love, it's got to be cultivated. And so this, this irritates me to no end. But you know over in Europe uh, that the number one reason for a divorce is no longer infidelity. The, the number one reason for a divorce is this. We fell out of love. And I think that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard of in my life. That was like me if I went to my hockey coach and, you know, I never worked out or ate poorly. And then he's like, I don't know what happened. I just fell out of shape, right? No. And why? Because we know that in order to stay in shape, you have to stay after it and stay into it. And so the grass isn't always greener. The grass is green where you water it, where you cultivate it. So uh, um, I, I heard recently this thing about, uh, man, how to have a, a raging fire. And, and to have a raging fire, you need three things. It's called the fire triangle. Um, uh, you need fuel, uh, a spark, and you need wind. And so uh, I think that's true as well. If we want to keep a raging, passionate fire for God, we have to tend to it. And so number one, we need fuel. And so some of you, you feel no affection for God because you have no fuel for God. And uh, so, um, I, you know, I, I say this all the time that people ask me, like we have, you know, two cars and they ask me which car is yours and I just respond, uh, they're both Susan, my wife's, she just lets me drive them, all right? And so we have this ongoing feud. Uh, when it comes time to gas up the cars, um, I'm what they call frugal or cheap, okay? And so I want to put the cheap gas uh, in our car, but my wife, it drives her crazy. You know, you got to put 93, the best gas, in. And, and so we have this ongoing, so I know I'm, I'm driving to the, the gas station and, and we drive up and 
she's not with me and I'm like, I only had like 20 bucks in my wallet. So I go, oh my gosh, I'm gonna put the cheap stuff in. And then I'm like, oh, she's gonna ask me. So so finally I'm like, I don't care, I only got 20 bucks. And so I rolled down my window and the guy says, hey, uh, what do you want? I said, uh, uh, fill it up with 87, the cheap stuff. And the guy stops me and he goes, you know, this is a nice car. You shouldn't put cheap gas in this car. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get away from it, you know? And, and I just wanna tell some of you, man, you're putting cheap gas uh, in your car. Man, just filling up your life uh, on Netflix, man, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, God help us, CNN and Fox. It, it's just cheap gas. It doesn't burn very clean. But here's my appeal. But if you'll start to fuel up on the word of God and prayer, man, man, listen to sermons and preaching and these things. It's good fuel uh, that is going to fill up your heart and it'll serve you well, man, in your passion and love for God. So that's fuel. The second thing was that you need a spark. And listen, we, we all need a spark. We all get stale uh, in our relationships and, and sometimes in our walk uh, with the Lord. And so the idea is you need to place yourself in atmospheres uh, that can spark uh, something, some passion uh, in your walk with God. And so uh, that's why, man, I, I want to appeal to you. Man, you, you got to man get to church. There, there, there is the opportunity for something to be sparked uh, in your soul. In fact, I'm always amazed as I, I see, it, particularly men, as they're in worship, uh, people are, are just kind of new to the faith and and I'll see men just start tearing up in worship and as men they're kind of embarrassed that they're crying and then they'll admit it to me like man I don't know what happens I get in worship and man that God just squeezes my heart I start crying I'm like dude that's the Lord he, he's squeezing your emotions and your affections and so put yourself in an atmosphere man where a spark uh, can happen do you know as well like we, we all have different uh, wirings and, and way we connect or our hearts are inflamed uh, for God. And um, uh, there's a guy by the name of Gary Thomas. He wrote a book, Sacred Pathways. Um, and, uh, and listen, he's got this little assessment you can do and it'll inform you, man, how God wired you. And so um, I think we have a QR code coming up uh, on the screen. And if you just snap that, it'll, it'll take you to this, uh, this, um, uh, this brief assessment and it'll let you know, man, how did God wire you? And then you can start um, putting your life in atmospheres that make stirs your heart and your affections for God. And so there's a fuel, a spark. And then lastly, we need the wind, man, the wind of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And, and here's the big idea. Man, we trust that, that as we're, we're putting kindling wood, fuel, good fuel in our life, and we're placing ourselves by faith in atmospheres that'll stir our affection with God, that the Spirit will come. <sighs> And he'll blow on that fire till it gets larger and larger and larger. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 says this, um, uh, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And we need the wind to blow in our life. And so, you know, uh, um, uh, I, I was drawn, uh, my, my wife and I, uh, we, we were high school sweethearts, and so I was immediately drawn uh, to Susan. And, and here's the reason. It wasn't because of her, man, her personality. I, I didn't care about her dreams, uh, her soul, anything like that. I didn't know her, uh, but all I knew was she was hot. 
And I'm just talking to you, man, like, like she was the, the finest girl in all of Scholar Hall, our high school, right? There was some of this nonsense about Michelle Cutsey or Allison Mallory. That's nonsense. Susan was, she was hot to trot, Sue Scott, the hottest chick in school, man. And, and so I was drawn to her. And listen, uh, we, we've been married for 34 years now. And get this, how many know she's hot is amazing, but it's definitely not enough to sustain you for 34 years of marriage. Like my wife is still hot, but she's so much more now. Man, she's, she's my best friend. Uh, she champions me. She cares for me. Man, she is all of that. Like when, when the Bible talks about two becoming one. And so, do you know, it's the same way with God. Like I think a lot of times, if we're honest, we're drawn to God because he's useful to us, right? Uh, we want fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell. God save me from hell and give me heaven. Um, maybe some of you, you come to God because of your health. You know, God heal me. Some of you, uh, you've had difficulty in your marriage or with your kids. God help me. God help me. And I think all of that is good and right. It just can't stay there, right? Um, that it, to sustain your relationship with God, it needs to go deeper than, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this. And you know, as you put yourself in atmospheres of faith and fill yourself uh, with the fuel of God's word, here's what I promise you, that, that Jesus will go from just being useful to becoming beautiful in your life. And so um, how many know, too, that, that the command to love God, it, it can sound uh, somewhat unreasonable, can it? Like, like you, how, how can you make yourself love something? Like, like mm, okay, I'm, I love you now. You know, it just, it sounds difficult. But here's what I would submit to you. See, you've been discipled by the words of the world's definition of love, right? That love somehow is some tingly, feely thing, uh, which I'm not opposed to that but, that. but that alone is not love. If that's love, man, we're in trouble. Like a tingly, feely thing man those things come and they go how unsafe can you be in a loving relationship man if you know at any moment you could lose the tinglys and i'm out right but but what this idea of love that god commands us to it's the word agapeo in the greek and here's what it is and i'm so thankful for this description it's a decisive love a decisive love in other words you've made a decision to love a choice to love and that kind of love it's robust and it can take you through the very storms uh, of life. And so you might be saying, man, uh, I, I don't feel like love, uh, loving God, but, but I promise you, you do all kinds of things and, and you don't feel like it. Like, uh, like I go to the gym. I don't feel like it, okay? But I go to the gym because I know it's good. Uh, I eat right, not because I, I, want, I don't want to all the time, but what happens? I do it because I know it's good and it's right, man. I don't feel like going to work. And see, we do all kinds of things we don't feel like doing, but we know in the end the results are worth it. And so uh, John 14 and verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so sometimes, man, the commands of God are difficult to keep. Like, like forgive your enemies. God, I don't feel like it. Uh, but here's what I want to encourage you. It's okay if you don't feel like it. But what you need to do is that decisive love and say, God, I don't feel like it. But I'm going to do it anyways because I'm going to love you uh, and choose to love you, right? And so uh, that's the love of God. And then number two is a, a love for people. And can we agree, man, love for God, God's amazing. To me, in my, my estimation, man, God is easy to love. But people, eh, love people seriously. Everybody, Lord, right? Because can, can we agree that people are difficult? Is that a unanimous amen? Yeah, right? And so uh, let me start by, by saying this. Uh, we need to have our theology 
determine our anthropology. So anthropology is that, that, that kind of fancy word for anthro. It just means humanity or person. Uh, ology is study. It's the study of, of humanity and people. And we got to allow our theology. And our theology would tell us this about humanity, that we are beautiful as image bearers of God, but we're unbelievably broken because of sin. We were so broken that it cost the blood of God's one and only son to die for us, uh, to bring us back and to put us back together again. And so here's what that should do for you and me. Um, It should set the expectation, shouldn't it? That that if, if humanity is sinful, that should lower the bar of expectation a little bit. Just know, hey, sinners, are going to sin against you. And, and here's what else it should do. Man, it should weave in a humility to your life because you realize, oh no, I'm a part of the problem as well because I too am a sinner in need of grace and saving, right? And so so that kind of lowers the bar a little bit for us. And, and I get this. I recently read that Yale did a study about children who watch Sesame Street versus children who watch Mr. Rogers. And get this. Uh, the study revealed this, that that uh, Mr. Rogers wa- watchers, they, they had better recall and were more patient than the Sesame Street kids. So bam, take that, Kermit the Frog. Mr. Rogers rules. And so um, Mr. Rogers, if you know uh, Fred Rogers, do you know he was uh, he was actually an ordained Presbyterian minister, and um, uh, he was a man who loved the Lord, and, and it was fascinating. I, he had this quote that I thought was so good and appropriate for us today. He says this. He says, "I believe that appreciation is a holy thing." That when we look for what's best in a person, we happen to be with at that moment, we're doing what God does all the time. So in loving and appreciating our neighbor, we're participating in something sacred. See that he says, man, when I fight to look for what's good and right in my neighbor, I'm actually being like God because he he fights to see what's good uh, in each and every one of us. And so what did what did Mr. Rogers uh, teach us? He taught us about neighboring. Come on, you remember the song? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be my, could you be my, won't you be, ready, my neighbor. And the Bible has much to say about loving uh, our neighbor. Fred Rogers was kind of a quirky guy, right? Do you know that he would weigh himself each and every day? And he had to weigh 143 pounds. And here was the, the reason in his mind. Um, if, if you take them like I is, is one letter, uh, then you take love is four, and then, and then you is three. I love you, 143. In fact, um, uh, with uh, Mr. Rogers passing, uh, the governor of Pennsylvania declared uh, May 23rd is Love Your Neighbor Day. It's 143 days uh, into our year. But uh, um, if you're a a disciple, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're not only love your neighbor on May 23rd, that 365 days a year, you've been called by God to love people well. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, man. To love people, it's transformative in people's life. Uh, It just is. Like if you pay attention to every single Disney movie we watch, it's the transformative power of love. And so uh, you recall, man, uh, my favorite, Beauty and the Beast, that that there was a a man who looked like a beast, uh, but he was loved by a woman uh, as if he were a prince, and he became one. That, That if you followed Cinderella, 
Cinderella, uh, she was a poor maid uh, who, what, what, uh, she became a, a beautiful princess because she was loved by a prince as if she were one, right? It's this transforming power of love. And God does us the same way, that God loves you as if he, you were his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And in so loving you that way, you and I eventually are transformed into the image of the very son of God. And so loving uh, uh, people, it transforms them. But you know, loving people also transforms you. I uh, mean, I heard the fascinating story of this USC professor. You know, he, he, was, uh, he was lecturing in his classroom. Nobody's paying attention except for one cute little girl on the front row. And she was just engaged and, and she was, man, appreciative of his teaching. And so he was so fond of this student um, until, but, but then she started missing his class. She was trying to figure out why. And he found out that she had committed suicide. And in her suicide note, she just said these words, I just feel so unloved. And he's the, it, it devastated him because how could someone so wonderful feel so unloved? And he determined right then and there that he was gonna start a new class at USC to teach people how to love. Uh, it was called Love 1A, Love 1A. And so can I give you some of the homework assignments? Um, uh, some of them, you were uh, your homework was to go reconcile with an enemy. Uh, here, another one is you need to forgive somebody uh, for this homework assignment. Another one is you need to pay for somebody out of your own funds uh, to fulfill a need they have in their life. Uh, here's another one that you, uh, you have to do an act of kindness for someone seven years and younger and for someone 70 years and older, right? And, and here's, the, here's the, what happened. As people were daily and deliberately doing these acts of love and kindness, here's what happened. It blessed the people, but it transformed them on the inside. In the following semesters, his, his classes loaded up love 1a and so love god and love people and then here's the 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 third part of, of our discipleship love god love people it's this live on mission let's go to the great commission in matthew 28 uh, verses 19 through 20 it says this jesus says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you always even to the very end uh, of the age and so we see this, that a disciple is someone who lives your life on a mission. You've been commissioned by Almighty God to go into all the world. And so, uh, man, that, that word go uh, in the uh, Greek, it's actually a passive verb. It, it literally could read like this, while going, make disciples. And so it's this idea like, like while going, while, while going to your job, while going to church, while going to the store, all these, while you're living your life, make disciples um to, you know it's it's really throughout the bible this idea of you have a purpose you have a mission from god you know in, in ephesians chapter 2 uh it says that god has had, has good works for you to walk in that in, in psalm 139 the psalmist says you've been uniquely wired and made and created fashioned by god uh for why so you could be used in his story and then in Acts 17, it says this, that God determines where you live and when you live so that men and women might, might find God. Like you've been strategically made and strategically placed by God that you might go and make disciples.
I've heard one pastor say it this way, uh, you've been uh, made for the day and the day was made for you. You were made for the day and the day was made for you. And so Kylie, let me just use my, my own life uh, as an example. And listen, I'm showing you my life, not because I'm awesome, but because I know I'm not. And if God could use me, he can definitely use you. And so my story, this man, do you know that, uh, that I was born uh, two to three months uh, premature? And so here's why that's important. See, God created me for a unique and distinct purpose. Uh, man, I would find myself, I'd play in the National Hockey League. Um, do you know what? Um, that if you're born in the month of January, then, uh, then the odds of you playing professional hockey, hockey exponentially skyrocket. Uh, so God has, God says, uh-oh, he's going to be two men, uh, three months late. Uh, we need to get him out early, right? Because he's going to be born in January because we have a mission for him and it's in the field uh, of hockey, right? And so, man, man, they spit me out like three months early. And, and then how about this? At the age of 16, I moved away from home. Um, I, I was a new Christian. And I just wasn't good at it, man. I was trying to, to live a good life. In fact, my, my prayer life consisted of this. Uh, God, I'm sorry I did that. I'll never do it again. Repeat each and every night. But, but I was trying uh, to, to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And here's what's amazing. Even with my feeble witness, do you know that, uh, that uh, my, my uh, coach, he became uh, a born-again Christian. Oh, no, oh, yeah, I met this woman who, too, she too would become a born-again Christian, Sue Scott, uh, my, my soon-to-be wife, right? And, uh, but, but then I, I was drafted uh, to the Hartford Whalers in, in Hartford, Connecticut. And so, uh, once again, now I'm a pro athlete, so now I have a platform. People will pay attention to me, and, but get this, I still, I'm a nervous wreck. I don't like, I'm, I'm an introvert, I'm nervous to talk to people. And so I would do these uh, hockey ministry, hockey camps uh, every off season. And so all these kids would come and, and we would teach them hockey, but then we get to share the gospel. And I remember that the leader of, of over the ministry, he says, Adam, uh, we want you to share your testimony in front of all the kids. And I was like, nope. I won't do that. I mean, that's how terrified I was. And so they had to actually do like a question and answer thing because I was too much of a coward to share my faith. And guess what? Kids came to Jesus Christ. Um, uh, the Hartford Whalers, then we, we moved to North Carolina, became the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm starting to grow in my courage uh, and in my faith. And so uh, I decided I'm going to host a Bible study in my home with the rest of my teammates. Uh, my, the teammates that came to the Bible study, they all hated it. <laughs> I said, I never want to do that again. And so, but I had a blast, man. But at that Bible study, I met a man by the name of Pastor Ron Lewis. He would become my pastor and mentor. And how about this? Man, uh, a, a few years later, he would invite me up to Manhattan to plant uh, our Every Nation New York City Church. And eventually, Every Nation New Jersey, right? Um, uh, after uh, uh, Carolina, I was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers. And now, uh, man, now in Philly, it became less about hockey and more about ministry uh, and sharing Jesus with people. And so... Um, there was a, a woman, Lauren Hart. Uh, she was she sang the national anthem uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers before games. Uh, man, she tragically was diagnosed with cancer, and so she's going through all this fear. And and I just remember she didn't know who I was from Adam, but I remember pulling her aside and just and just praying for her. 
And listen, I, uh, I, I prayed for her. And get this, by God's grace, uh, she was healed. And she's, she's still going today. Now, I don't know if she ever became a Christian. But here's what I do know. By that, by that simple act to go pray for her, man, she felt seen and loved uh, by God. And so I also uh, helped out in a church plant in Philadelphia. Uh, we actually started it with a number of the Philadelphia Eagles. And when I say help start the church plant, man, I hosted people in my home, uh, served them. And every now and then I would encourage them, man, God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. That was the extent of it. But that church plant grew into what's now called Freedom Church. Uh, it's, it's over 800 people, right? And, and what I'm saying, I'm saying, man, I, I didn't do a good job. And yet God, just by stepping out, man, God was meeting with us. And finally, I, I finished my career in Atlanta. And I realized, man, it was about the end of my career. So I'm going to leverage uh, my finances, my time, my influence uh, for the kingdom of God. And so we still, uh, helped start Every Nation Atlanta. Uh, but uh, if you'll notice, it's not there today because it didn't make it. But man, we, we tried. We poured resources into it. And uh, in Atlanta, I led my first person ever to Christ. Uh, it was pathetic. Uh, I was too scared to really share my faith. So I, I, I kind of lied and said, hey, um, we have a... Uh, um, I have a homework assignment. And so I read him a Bible tract, uh, take, walking him through the gospel. And then we got to the end of it. And I says, here, it says to pray a prayer uh, if you want to receive Jesus. But I'm sure you don't want to do that. And he's like, no, I want to do that. I want Jesus. And so we prayed the prayer, man. And it, it was pathetic. And yet God blessed it. And uh, eventually, uh, two of my teammates in Atlanta would, would come to Saving Faith. And it wasn't any great thing I did. I invited him to a conference. Man, I knew right there God met with him. And, and he became a Christian. Uh, another one of the guys, man, uh, he became a Christian. And we baptized him right there uh, in my bathtub, right? And so uh, I say all of that uh, to let you know, man, if God can use my pathetic, weak witness and do something amazing like that, man, what can he do through your life if you step out and say, God, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to love you, love people, and I'm going to live my life on a mission. Let's pray. Lord, I, I just want to thank you. And God, um, man, my, my prayer today is by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you would call people up and out, Lord, into discipleship. Uh, being a Christian uh, and being uh, uh, rescued from hell is great, but being a disciple, uh, it, it's, it's significant. And Lord, I want uh, people to live significant lives. And so, Lord, I pray that you would stir in our hearts a love for you, a love for people, and a call on the mission. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, listen, every nation, the sermon's over with. We're not quite finished. I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. Um, you can give three ways uh, digitally. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text if you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. It's a very convenient way to give. It's how my family and I give. Uh, or you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you are faithful in your tithing and your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're pretty amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.